Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. On November 8, 2016, the Democrat presidential nominee, Hillary Clinton, handpicked to preserve the progressive legacy of Barack Obama and most recent blossom on global socialism's tree, was defeated by Donald J. Trump, a political outsider whose campaign grew directly from the peaceful revolutionary protests and grassroots movement of ordinary American citizens. The conservative half of the United States has an intimate relationship with disappointment. In the real world, any fair competition has both a winner and a loser. And in 2008, we were the loser. Since January of 2009, millions of us have gone about our daily lives under the legally established governance of the most liberal president in our lifetimes. We learned to turn the other cheek when the press demonized us. We stood tall when the IRS placed targets on our backs. We clung tight to our guns and even tighter to our religion. We overcame our fear when the Department of Homeland Security added us to its list of domestic terrorists simply because we exercise our Second Amendment right of self-protection. We took on two and sometimes three jobs to make ends meet under an economy strangled by burdensome government rules and regulations and skyrocketing health care deductibles and premiums. We worried about our failing public education system and the impact it would have on our children's futures. We worked hard through each election process to bring change that would improve our lives. We did have a few successes, but the White House remained out of reach when, in 2012, the will of the the people, through the electoral process, sent Barack Obama back to Washington. And we survived life these past eight years under the thumb of an administration we don't trust or respect. On November 8, 2016, Americans had a binary choice. Both candidates, as well as those who supported them and their agendas, were responsible for getting out the vote in order to ensure a win. Nearly half, 49% of eligible voters nationwide, chose to stay at home. 
Early in the morning of November 9th, the United States' legal process for electing our next president was complete. Conservative Americans across this nation used the general election process as an opportunity to peacefully assemble and peacefully protest the policies of the Obama administration, policies that a Clinton presidency vowed to continue. Sixty million of us put a check mark in the box next to Donald Trump for president, pushing him over the requisite, requisite 270 electoral votes to become the 45th president-elect. In 2017, we will have a balanced Supreme Court that will uphold our first, second, fourth, and fifth amendment constitutional guarantees, freedom of speech and religion, right of self-protection, unreasonable search and seizure, protection from self-incrimination, as well as protections for the unborn. In 2017, we will have an enforced legal immigration policy and secure borders. In 2017, lower taxes will allow us to keep more of our hard-earned dollars in our own pockets. In 2017, we will have competitive, affordable private health insurance options and doctor-patient managed medical care. In 2017, Common Core will be obsolete and decisions about education will be made at the local level. In 2017, deregulation will encourage energy independence. And last, in 2017, we are the winners. In this year's presidential campaign, Donald Trump tapped into that enormous vein of potential energy anger, angst, and mistrust to achieve electoral success. He is the blossom of the seed planted by the grassroots protest movement seven years ago. Tonight, there are paid professional agitators in the streets of our cities protesting the honest election of Donald Trump by stealing, looting, and destroying private property claiming that their speech is protected by our First Amendment. It is as if they believe illegal activity is a legitimate exercise of constitutional authority and will achieve the nullification of a national election. Donald Trump was elected president by we the people, true adherents of the entire Constitution, who have chosen to speak through the legal use of the ballot box to restore the rule of law and chart a new course for our nation. Nine years of peaceful and purposeful political activism leading to the election of the candidate of our choice. The lesson is simple. This is Dr. Dan. On April 15, 2009, we were among 20,000 citizens who attended a protest rally at the Georgia Capitol in Atlanta. Similar rallies were held in other cities across our nation. This was the birth of the grassroots protest movement. My guest on Freedom Forum Radio is Jane Bolello, the chairman of the Asheville Tea Party, 
It is an honor and a privilege to have one of the original Tea Party organizers and activists on Freedom Forum Radio. Welcome, Jane Bolello. Well, thank you, Dr. Dan. It's an absolute honor and pleasure to be on your show. So, Jane Bolello, talk to me about the Asheville Tea Party. The Asheville Tea Party, to me, is the symbol of the grassroots movement. You've been there since the beginning. Tell us about the Asheville Tea Party, how you got started, and what all of the wonderful things you've been doing for the last seven years. Well, we started back on that fateful day. I believe it was in February of 2009. There was a, um, a rally over Tax Square in Asheville, and then there was a second rally on Tax Day of the, of the following, um, you know, of that year. And there were about a thousand people who showed up. And what was so amazing about it is that they were people that gathered there from all over the state. And it was then that I know I met all of these folks from north, south, east, and west of the state. Uh, I got to know some of the folks in my area. I was not chair of the Tea Party at the time. Um, I was there like everyone else. We knew something was wrong with the country. We needed to get it back on track, and we were looking for guidance. And that's how we got started. I did not take over until uh, 2010. It was in June of 2010. And at that time, we were uh, two organizations. We were a 501c4 and a, a political action committee. So we're also Asheville TPAC. The problem arose is that even though we had applied for our 501 status, as you know, the IRS uh, was targeting conservative groups. We did not get our 501c4 status until October 31st of 2013. We also went from becoming a federal PAC, I mean, I'm sorry, a state PAC, to becoming a federal PAC. And the reason why we immediately decided to become a PAC was that we knew we had to get behind candidates who embraced our values and our principles. That is the only way we knew we were going to get it done. We had to get behind candidates. The state PAC allowed us to get behind local and state candidates the federal PAC allowed us to get behind uh, Congress people, uh, senators, and president, anyone running at the federal level. And, of course, we have supported candidates not just from uh, our district, but from all over the country. Uh, National TPAC, we have about um, close to 1,400 people on our email list. Uh, and so we, we, I send out newsletters like for instance i sent two out today so it depends on what is going on for the week that will dictate how many newsletters i send out with information and we have people on our list that are not just from nc 10 and 11 but there are folks in there that i hear from that are clear across the country and some of them come from europe so it's it's quite a diverse group they do read the newsletter. I do hear from them. And it is, you know, I mean, that's, that 
to me is a very, very important thing that, that people are, you know, they may not come to every meeting, but at least I know they're reading and they're engaged. So, Jane, let's go back to the very beginning, that very first that very first rally at Pack Square in Asheville, of course, and Asheville being the hub of progressive liberalism in the western <laughs> part of of North Carolina. So what was it like being there on Pack Square, um, having an incredible rally with, with, with people uh, that you knew were conservative, were uh, constitutional, were upset uh, about so many things that were going wrong? What was that rally? What was the focus of that very first rally? Well, the very first rally that what I have what I remember from it is we had to get organized. We had to collect email addresses. We had to collect names. And the one thing that I was tasked to do was to get people to sign on to the Tenth Amendment that we were going to send and remind Raleigh that they absolutely had to understand that we were a sovereign state and we were not we were not going to couch out of the federal government and that was my test i had to go around asking people to sign this so i did that and then the 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 one thing that i remember so clearly is that folks came together they we didn't know each other and they managed to find other people from their district or their town, and they uh, colluded together, exchanged information, and then they went home and formed their own little tea party groups. So they were all. So, that, so they were really yeah. all. Um, they came together, and you were the the seed for the grassroots movement in Western North Carolina. Asheville Tea Party was, yeah. And right, and then people took that message back to their local communities to yes. form local groups of activism. And the key, as far as I can see, was that there was a lot of common common thought. I remember to the uh, in the beginning there, one of the major uh, focal points was the Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, yes. The move to audit the Federal Reserve yes. Bank was was that, was a, a a big issue at that point. Still, a big issue because they do need to be audited. Yep. But that was very much linked with Ron Paul, and so you yep. could say, kind of overseeing all of us, or uh, was Ron Paul and that uh, that kind of Federal Reserve activism? Wasn't that part of it as well as the Tenth Amendment? Absolutely, absolutely, uh, and of course the the. The principles that we all rallied around were the promotion and preservation of individual rights, constitutional limited government, fiscal responsibility, and free markets. And, of course, the T in Tea Party stands for tax enough already. Um, so those were the, the rallying points that we all could agree on. And, as I said, we all went back to our own towns and then formed our own little Tea Party groups the, and uh, got together with folks, and they had rallies and on the steps of their courthouse, and they marched, and they knocked on doors. So it was really quite an exciting time. But one of the things that, that also marked the movement at that point is that we all had to become re-educated. Many of us had to go back and reread our Constitution. We had to read the Federalist Papers. There was much we had to do. So that first year 
year and a half was really centered around educating the folks and educating ourselves. I know I needed to do that myself. So that was that was a, a, a definitely a key ingredient. But what set us apart, what set Asheville Tea Party apart, was that we were also a pack. And I know even from from your uh, campaigns, we needed to have a legal entity that we could get behind great candidates that were going to champion these principles. And we knew that the only way we could do it is we had to be a legal entity, and that's what we did. So that first, in the very beginning, you had a primary mission to educate as many people as possible. This is the Constitution. This is what the Constitution says. This yes. is this is about natural law rights. It's about sovereign states, sovereign citizens, the Tenth Amendment, free market economy, limited government. All of those incredible concepts, which were the which were the concepts on which our count, our country was founded 240 years ago by those incredible people who wrote the Constitution. That's kind of like all of that was forgotten, and here comes a group of dedicated citizen activists who said, wait a minute, we have forgotten the most important lessons of our country's founding, that we've forgotten them, and that's why we're going off the rails. we got to yeah. teach you guys, here is what you need to know to be a sovereign citizen in a sovereign state. Isn't that yeah. what went on? Absolutely. And I can give you a list of, of things that we have done that we continue to do. For example, every year we have a We Read the Constitution event. I believe you came to one of those. We do a, a 9-11 Benghazi Memorial every year. We have done Oath Keeper seminars, healthcare symposium, a Voter Integrity Project boot camp. We did that a couple of times. We did a Cato Institute, um, the constitutionality of Obamacare. We've gone to D.C. and we've rallied about Obamacare, illegal immigration, um, We've every year we support Patriot Camp. We've done nullification seminars, Tenth Amendment seminars, Second Amendment support. Uh, we did the we did the first National Gun Appreciation Day. Um, we did it. We've done Day of Resistance rallies over at the Vance Monument in, in Asheville. Um, we've lobbied our North Carolina representatives to save schools. We've I know I have been engaged in uh, gun control debates with some of these progressives over in Asheville, which gets pretty, it gets pretty interesting. But um, those are some of the things that, that we've done and we continue to do on, you know, why always get speakers in and always make sure that we've got folks that can continue to come in and update us on what is happening. So tell me, here you are again in Asheville, you're having meeting after meeting, uh, people coming together, what kind of problems did you run into uh, from the authorities, from the people in Asheville who weren't, uh, weren't conservative? What, what did you run into? Well, I can, <laughs> I'm laughing. Um, I can tell you exactly. Uh, I can tell you exactly what's going on right now. Um, Asheville, as you know, three years ago, we passed these wonderful gun control. We passed these wonderful gun laws where now if you are a concealed carry permit holder, you are allowed to go into the parks with your concealed carry weapon. 
and the and the signs in the parks need to reflect that. So in Asheville and and also in Buncombe County, they have the signs up, and the signs originally read, uh, you know, no weapons allowed. Well, what happened was is we passed these laws that said that has to go away. They never took the signs down. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man, I get joy in everything. Everything. Everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. <laughs>